Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2011-2810, call for additional details. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser along. I'm, I'm Steve Risser along with Justin D'Afrio. And uh, the Rangers are one win away from their first World Series win in franchise history. They lead the Diamondbacks three games to one. Last night they went 11 to seven. They went up 11. They went up, 11, I think, with 10 nothing. They ended up hanging on to win. They were up 11 and one in the eighth. Then they ended up hanging on to win 11 to seven. And the, the big question is here for the Rangers is what do they have to do to win? their first World Series. And for me, to start off, uh, I think Seager just has to stay hot. Right now, he's clearly the MVP. What he did in game one, hitting that two-run homer to tie the game. Then he hits a big two-run homer to put the Rangers up 3 nothing in game in game two, in game three. Then he hits a home run, another home run to put them up 5 nothing in game three. So right now, Corey Seager has been excellent. Terry was excellent last night. Hit that big three-run homer to put the Rangers up 10-0. He had five RBIs. So if they if those two guys keep hitting, and they have to keep hitting because Garcia's out for the rest of the series. If those guys keep hitting, the Rangers will end up winning their first World Series. Uh, number two, Avaldi's got to have a bounce-back start. He wasn't great in game one. He's got to have a bounce-back start. He's got to pitch like he's pitched all postseason, not in game one of the series. And then number three, their bullpen, just the back end of that bullpen, just got to keep pitching the way they have. The back end keeps pitching the way they do. I see the Rangers winning their first World Series title. Yeah, I got um, I'm gonna start off with your last point there with the bullpen. Yeah, they got to uh, then last night got a little dicey there. I know they sold them by four, but uh, got to close out these you know late innings. They got to you know got to be able to close these games out. Um, bullpen needs to be strong again here tonight. And then yeah, my second one, same as yours with Nathan Avaldi. He'd been awesome this whole postseason. Got roughed up there in game one. And yeah, he needs a bounce back effort tonight. And you know, and if yeah, he can go out there, throw you know, strong, you know, six, seven innings. The Rangers should be in great shape to win this baseball game and move on to the World Series. And my last one too is uh, you know, just finishing this series tonight. You know, they're ten on the road this postseason, and you don't want to give them life because we did see the Phillies that do that. Yep, and exactly. So with the know, yeah, the Phillies they lost. They're up two zero. They lost two straight. And then they won. Then they won. Then Arizona. They won again. They win game five. But then Arizona won those two in a in, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Arizona has 
not back down all year long. Tori Lavelle even said that after the game. He's still confident his team's going to could, could bounce back and win the series. Yeah, because the Rangers haven't been great at home, and Merrill Kelly would go game six, and he's been and Merrill Kelly's good, been so, their best yeah. pitcher. Merrill Kelly's been their best pitcher all postseason. Yeah, so you don't want to get in a situation there where now you kind of, you know, if we're at game six, it's like, okay, we got to kind of close them out now. So, it, yeah, so for the Rangers tonight, just don't give them any life. Finish this thing off tonight and, you know, get ready, you know, move on to celebration. To absolutely, celebration. absolutely. Yeah, the Rangers, yeah. You definitely want to get it done tonight. You don't want to give this D-backs team life. Is that what the Phillies did? Phillies gave them life, and the Diamondbacks took full advantage of that and got, got to the World Series. So, yeah, definitely close it out tonight. Now, for the Diamondbacks to come back in the series, uh, n- number one, Gallon's got to pitch. Gallon hasn't pitched well all postseason. He's got to do it tonight. He's been their best pitcher all season, but he hasn't pitched well in the postseason. Zach Gallon has got to get the job done tonight. He's got to. He's at home. He's got and he's facing elimination. He has to get it done tonight. That, that, that's, that's the big thing. If he, if he pitches poorly again, obviously, because starting pitching is so important, this series, this series will, def, will, definitely, will definitely be over. Number number two, they got to carry what they did last night into tonight. They almost came back last night. They got to carry that momentum into tonight. Tori Lavello again, press conference. He was confident that his team can can do that. They got to do it. They obviously do because if they don't, they they the series will be over. And then number three, if they somehow get the lead, they've been great all postseason. But the series should be tied two two because they should have won game one at home. They had game one one. And they and they did and they didn't close it out. Seawald was been great all postseason, but he didn't close it out. If they get any kind of lead, they obviously got to close it out. So, uh, Gallon, uh, bats got to keep the momentum going, and the bullpen's got to get the job done. That's the way the Diamondbacks get back and come get back into the series and come back and win the series. Yeah, you know, for me, yeah, it's tonight starting off. It's kind of like your your last point there is like getting the lead tonight, you know, just to get some confidence, kind of trying to just, maybe that helps Gallon kind of settle in this game. Um, you know, just kind of jumping out to an early lead tonight, I think would be huge kind of confidence wise and keeping that fam, you know, keeping that place kind of engaged tonight instead of kind of that nervous kind of energy. Um, so I think for Arizona, it's important to kind of try to get up early tonight, score a couple number two as well as Zach Allen. Yeah. He's, his ERA is over five this postseason, you know, outside. Yeah. Like he has not been great. And he's a guy that's been awesome all year. He's been better at home than he's been on the road. Like he's got to shut down this Ranger lineup tonight. He's got to pitch well. He's got to give his team a chance to win this baseball game, and you know, hopefully, kind of get them on a plane to Texas for two more games for their sake. So that's another one. You know, that guy's got to pitch well. And then, um, and then also too with Gallon, like your bullpen got hammered too last night. Like he kind of got to go a little bit deeper. I know Nelson helped out that he did go. F- five innings, but um, help to kind of give some of those bullpen guys maybe night off if you could or not have to use as many. And then finally is, yeah, like the bullpen in Seawall. They got to um, they got to close out. They got the lead tonight. You, you know, um, that Rangers, lane, Rangers lineup's dangerous, but late, late in this game, if you can, you got to kind of find a way to, um, to uh, shut it down. I know like Kinkle's only pitching one game this series. Like he's a guy, maybe you try to get two innings out of him tonight, something like that. Um, you know, that'd be kind of huge for Arizona. They got to, they got to, they're up late in this one. They got to find a way to um, find a way for some of those bullpen guys to close it out. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. They, 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 they definitely do. And yeah, they, 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 they've had a great year. I mean, we've, we've, we've counted them out a lot, especially on this show. We count them out against the Phillies. And it's, it, it, it's tough to count them out. And I actually do think they win tonight. I do think they win tonight at home. But I think of, I do think the Rangers, like I predicted earlier, Rangers in six. I do think the Rangers close it out Friday night. I don't, think, I don't think they close it out tonight. I think they close it out Friday night. Justin, does this series go to Friday or do, do the Rangers close it out tonight? I had Rangers in six with you, but I'm going five now. I think Devaldi and this Rangers team shut it down tonight. Um. I'm not that confident right now in Gallon. I got, you know, and I, I'm pretty confident in, in Nathan Baldy that he's going to have a bounce back effort and he's going to pitch pretty well tonight. And Gallon, I want to hope, hope for the sake of the series that he will and he'll move it to Friday. But I just, I'm not that confident in him right now. And that Ranger lineup right now, um, you know, even without Garcia, they got, they got still a ton of talent in those bats. And I think the Rangers find a way tonight to close it out. They've been so good on the road. 
10 and 0. I think they moved 11 and 0. It's insane what they've done on the road because they haven't played great at home this postseason. No, it's no, you know, which, yeah, it's definitely been insane. And it is important for them to close it out tonight because they don't have, they don't, they're, if they somehow get to a game seven, it's going to be by committee. It's going to be a bullpen game like the Diamondbacks had last night. It's going to be a bull, it's going to be a bullpen game against Fott if they go to game seven and they're not going to have Garcia for the rest of the series. So you got to strike when the iron's hot. I think, yeah, it is very important for the Rangers to win tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. The unfortunate self of Scherzer. Yeah. You're not going to have him game seven. And yeah, with Merrill Kelly, the way he's been, because then it's all the pressure kind of comes on you. You lose game six. Now it's all on you to not blow the series. So yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you got to finish this thing off while you can. And yeah, you mentioned too, the Arizona, you can't really count them out. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. They, do win the next series. I just think the, I think the Rangers. I think kind of end this little this the storybook that the the D backs have had, and you know it, it's been an awesome run. I think it's great. They the young core they got, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think it runs out. I think the magic runs out tonight for Arizona. But it's been an awesome story. I know ratings haven't been great, but good for this young Arizona team to kind of for the casuals to kind of see Corbin Carroll. He's he's an absolute stud, and that's why I got a thirteen year contract before uh. He even stepped on a diamond for, you know, something besides the street training game. Absolutely. Definitely is a stud. Now you did bring up the ratings and the ratings are not good. And that leads me to this question. Have the new rules helped baseball? I said before the world series, I thought they definitely did. Cause they got so the, the game seven, of the LCS got great ratings It outrated Monday night football, but you've seen these world series ratings and they have not been good. And I felt as somebody who was a pitch clock guy and a fan of the new rules, I have to watch the World Series. I got to be consistent. If I like the if I like the new rules, I have to pay attention to the World Series. These new rules were to get casuals into the game and increase ratings in these games, and they haven't increased them in the World Series. So these anti pitch clock people do kind of have a point with the with. I know the the markets are bad. I get it. The Arizona does not draw. Texas and Arizona are not draws nationally. I get it. But if you're going to change rules to improve viewership. Viewership should improve in the World Series, and it hasn't. So I don't think I, – I honestly don't think the anti-pitch clock people are crazy not – I could see where they're coming from. So I could see – if they want to complain, I still think they could complain seeing the ratings for this World Series. Yeah, I could see. I think it's the markets. Like, I would like to see – if this was, like, at the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, like, a big market team was involved with these ratings are – Cause I think it's tough for somebody that's not a baseball fan to like, okay, even with the pitch clock rules, I feel like if you don't, if you're not really into baseball, like you still know the Bryce Harper's of the world, you know, the Jose Altuve's it's like, if you're not really big into it, you probably don't know a Corbin Carroll name. Like there's not many stars that you really recognize. And I feel like that's, what's kind of hurting, you know, like if next year, if this thing is like, let's say Dodgers, like Houston, and if it's low, yeah, then maybe maybe the rules won't affect anything, but I could see where yeah, maybe it's not people aren't tuning in, you know, where yeah, maybe the anti-pitch clock people have a point, but I like to see it with a couple big markets. And I I and that's kind of how I would want to see it first, but it's not great, but that, you know. To, yeah, to me it's a very tough question because before the World Series, I thought it really did. I thought Manfred did a great job changing the rules. But the issue is it, it, the viewership so low for the World Series. And you made these new rules to increase viewership. And I, I listen, I've been a fan of the new rules. I've been an advocate for the new rules. But they haven't increased viewership in your biggest event of the season. That's why I still think it's tough to answer this question. It's a very tough question to answer because it has didn't improve viewership for your biggest event. So that's why, yeah, it's it, – We'll be interesting to see what happens next year. See if we do get like two big markets in the World Series to see what happens. But this year, I think it worked all year. But in the World Series, it didn't increase viewership. That's where I still think the people who didn't like it still have a set. Yeah, I can see that. And I know like attendance this year for baseball. I remember all year was like, you know, it's one of the best years they've had in a while. So like, I do think the new rules are helping. I just do think it's because it's Arizona and Texas. You know, I, I just think that's, I just think that's what's really hurting it. Yeah. And, yep. you know, I just think, cause you don't just, you don't, there's no real big marketable stars that that's the thing. You're not people into love, baseball. People love stars. People, pe people, people love yeah. stars and they're just, they're really, I mean, Adolis Garcia, but 
if you're not a huge baseball fan, you don't know yeah, who Adolis Garcia is, but you know who you know who Jose Altuve is. You know who Bryce Harper is. You know who the Astros are because of the cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. And you know who Bryce Harper is. So if you get Phillies Astros, the ratings. What would have been interesting is if we got a rematch to see what the ratings were last year compared to this year. So it is very very hard to tell if the new rules help. I think we're probably going to get a clear answer to that question next year. Yeah, because I don't think you, I don't you. think you definitely could say they have or they haven't. Because uh, because uh, because the ratings in the, the postseason were pretty, pr- I think, pretty good, but the ratings in the World Series weren't. So I think we'll get a better answer to this question next year. Yeah, because I because I don't one hundred percent remember, but I think Game Seven for Arizona Philly got over nine million. I want to say, which yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think if you got like the Phillies in there in the start, I think it would the ratings would definitely better. So yeah. I think next year is going to be a better indication for this. Yeah, you know, I, you know, you get a couple of big stars, you get a couple of big markets. I think things definitely change. Yeah, it would have been cool to see kind of the compare last year to this year with if it was Phillies Astros and kind of see. But yeah, you know, I I do think, I I do think it has helped baseball. Like you look at the attendance numbers, they've looked good this year. Like I think the time of play, like I see people have seen the time of play, and like. I know everybody's worried, oh, like the dramatic three, two bases loaded. I think even with 18 seconds, you're getting enough time in exactly. there where you're kind of, you yeah. You, like, are, you, you are, you are. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's been working, but yeah, I think maybe we need another year to kind of see and to kind of, you know, get another World, World Series matchup in there with two kind of, I don't know to expect to Texas and Arizona, but yes, it's just not a lot of people know if you're not in the baseball, so most of these rosters are. That's exactly. I think exactly. it's the Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. We brought this question up. This will be probably the last time we'll talk baseball in a while because the World Series will be over by, at the latest Saturday. It could be over tonight, but the, the latest will be over by Saturday. So it'll probably be the last time we'll talk baseball in a while. So we definitely wanted to get this question in. So, yeah, I think we'll get a clear answer to it next year. I think next year we'll get a clear answer if these new rules – and I give Marab Manford a ton of credit for trying to evolve. You've got to give Manford credit for that. That shows you he's a better commissioner than Gary Bettman because he tried to change something – that was he tried to make the sport better. So I do give Rob Manfred credit, but we'll give a clear a clear answer to this question next year. Yeah, you know Manfred. Yeah, you know a lot of people incredible all of them, and for very fairly, he you know he should be should be criticized for a lot of things. But yeah, he finally made a couple of good implements into the sport, and yeah, you know like I don't think I know some of the pitchers I've complained, but I don't think it's that I don't think it's really changed that much. Like a lot of these guys now have been so used to it coming up from the minor leagues. Like I don't you know. I think it's going to be, especially too now, we don't have the World Baseball Classic next year either. Like, I think that kind of affected some things early in spring training for some of the guys that went over there. So, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, Bamford finally did a good thing for baseball. I think it will be good in the long run. It's just kind of the unfortunate circumstances. Like hockey had, like Vegas Panthers in the NHL this year. Like, exactly. I just think it's unfortunate exactly. the markets. Yeah. That, but – and that's what happens in hockey and baseball because of these low-scoring games. You're and, more prone and, yeah, to the And hockey and baseball, I think, need the markets because yeah. the, the stars aren't the stars don't make as big of an impact on the game. So I think hockey and baseball need the markets more than the NBA and the NFL because if you you could have a a, a, star, a superstar in a low market and you're, and you're like in Milwaukee, you could have if even if Milwaukee gets the NBA Finals, you still have Giannis and Dame Lillard. So and even if Phoenix gets the NBA Finals, you still have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So. Yeah, I think the lack of star power in the series has definitely hurt the ratings. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think, yeah, it's it's definitely had a big effect on it. And yeah, you know, it stinks for the sport and baseball. And yeah, you're kind of hoping that ratings would be better. But yeah, you know, I, I it, you know, yeah, the NFL and NBA, NFL, you're always kind of going to watch because, yeah, you, you kind of fear those teams, the best teams are usually going to be in those sports. And yeah, you know, baseball, hockey, they're just more prone and to kind of the upsets. And yeah, there's not the big marketable stars. And, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, again, you get the Dodgers next year. If Joey Otani goes to L.A. or to the Dodgers, that, you know, like, those ratings will be unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You can market oh, yeah. him. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, yeah, it, you know, that's that's what hurts baseball and, and hockey. And, you know, they don't, you could ever get Hunter McDavid and Edmonton to a Stanley Cup. I think it would be great for the NHL. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, without it, it's tough in those sports. Yep. Without question. Without question. So now we will shift over to the NBA, and on and yesterday James Harden was traded to the Clippers. He finally got his wish. We asked the question on Friday: Is this he's going to be off the Sixers? He is off the Sixers. The Sixers got him off the roster, and they got a couple draft picks, trouble first round, future first round picks for him. 
But the big question is, is who won the trade here? And I still think it's the Clippers because I don't love what the Sixers got back in this deal. I don't think the Sixers got anyone really that good back in this deal. So I do like the Clippers because if the, if the Clippers are healthy, they – I mean, that's a big if with Paul George and Kawhi. But if the Clippers are healthy with him, Westbrook, and Harden, with Kawhi, Westbrook, PG, and Harden, they, they, they could surprise some people. Yeah, they could. I'm, you know, I'm going with Philly that win this one because you just got cancer off your roster. That's all. Yeah, that's a good he, point. He just, yeah. You know, this guy's been, he's been awful. And I think what was the thing that kind of set this trade in or really got things done. I don't know if you saw the other night when Westbrook airballed that um, game one of the other night and you could see, yeah. um, I think it was Kawhi. He just fell to his knees, just like oh, on yeah, the ground. Like, like, what, what the heck? What's going on? Yeah. I mean, yeah that's, that, that's ridiculous. That can't happen. Yeah. That's, that, that's Russell Westbrook for you. So I, yeah. again, yeah, if you tell me those four are healthy, but I just, if James Harden's happy there, great. You know, he's not going to cause any problems, but he's caused a problem everywhere he's been. And I don't think things are, you know, I think at some point he'll probably complain his way out of LA because that's all he does. And again, I just, I get it. It's LA. You're trying to get these, you know, Paul George and Kawhi trying to get somewhere. And, you know, I know this owner's trying to get to the finals, but I, I don't like James Harden and Russell Westbrook being the backward together. I know they've done it before, but I don't know. I just think there's, they both want ISO ball and I just, there's only one basketball. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And the big question is, are the Clippers title contenders with this team? And I actually do think so. If, if everyone stays healthy, but that's just such a big if it's such a big if because Kawhi and Paul George have had such issues staying healthy ever since they put this thing together. So if everyone stays healthy, yes, but, it's, it's it's still still a big if, and they're definitely not the favorites. Yeah, they're definitely not the favorites. Yeah, if you tell me that they're they're healthy in April, and May in the playoffs, then sure. Like Kawhi almost carried them to the to the series winning uh, Phoenix last year. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, so I think you know Leonard could do it, but yeah, I just that's just the thing. Like I think this team has the talent. I just you know, I don't know if Paul George and Kawhi would be healthy in in the playoffs, and that's kind of where I'm like it then. You know, they're, you know, Kawhi could only carry you so much, you know, especially in this Western Conference where usually most of these teams have a second star. And Kawhi, it's tough to do it in night out if a couple of the other guys are hurt because what James Harden didn't score a point in game five, six, or seven against the Celtics last year in that series. Can you really rely on them either if those two guys are hurt? But, but, oh, you go, you know? oh God. If those guys are hurt, they have no, if one of those two guys no. are hurt, they got no chance. No, so that that's the thing. And I can't rely on James Harden to come up in a big spot. So, again, they can be, but I can't trust these guys are healthy, unfortunately. You know, no, 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 yeah, you definitely can't trust them. Now, where would you put the Clippers in the Western Conference? I would go six. I think they're the sixth best team. I'll take the, obviously take the Nuggets. Uh, then I would take the, still take the Suns, even though they're two and two. They just haven't been healthy. Uh, I'll, 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 take, I'll still take the Lakers with LeBron and AD. I'll still take the Warriors, the way Steph Curry's been playing. And I'll take the Mavs the way Luka's been playing. Luka's the third best player in the league behind uh, behind Jokic and Giannis. So I would take them sick. In a deep Western Conference, I would say they are the sixth best team in the Western Conference. Yeah, I'm with you there at six. Yeah, I think those, yeah, five or six right there at the Mavs. I'm still, yeah, Luka's been unbelievable. I still got to, I don't know, Kyrie's still I know. Yeah. not there. Kyrie, with me, Kyrie's but... riding his coattail so far. Oh, yeah, so far. We'll <laughs> see how long that lasts. And, yeah, yeah you know, I, I think, you know, five, six right there, They're. I think they're, Perfectly slotted, slotted right there. Um, yeah, you know, can they be the best? You tell me Paul George and Kawhi could play like 70 games, then yeah, I could see them end up with a one seed, but I just don't think that's gonna happen. So yeah, you know, they'll be if they're in that like five spot, they're gonna be they'll be a tough out for that one seed if they get in the semis. But yeah, I'd I'd slot them right there, right around that five, six spot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we had some controversy at the top of the college football playoff rankings. But before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. 
You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. So we had the first edition of the college football playoff rankings last night, and there definitely was some controversy at the top. With Ohio State, with with Kyle McCord as their starting quarterback, being the number one team in the country, and I know why the committee did it. They went resume over. You cannot tell me you went eye test over resume. Mm. You definitely went resume over eye test because Ohio State obviously had the two best wins against Penn State and Notre Dame. But let's be honest, Notre Dame's definitely not a Penn State. Notre Dame is definitely not a playoff team. And Penn State, look at them last week. They're not a playoff team either. So, yes, they beat two top 15 teams, but they didn't beat, they, they beat two teams that are more likely not going to be playoff teams. So, I know their resume, they have the best resume out of, out of, out of those, out of, you know, Mich, out, of, out of Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. But in my opinion, I think they're the worst team. So, the question is, should Ohio State be number one? And I'm like, absolutely not. Not with Kyle McCord as the starting quarterback. Every quarterback on all the other four undefeated teams is clearly better. Carson Beck is better than Kyle McCord. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is better than Kyle McCord. And the other two, we don't even need to tell you with Jordan Travis and Michael Pennox. They're all better than Kyle McCord. I'd argue Ohio State is not a top, is not one of the top five teams in the country. My top five, I'll go, obviously, Georgia's got to be one. Two-time defending national champions, and they're undefeated. I don't care who they played so far. They played who's on their schedule, and they're 8-0. and so to, And they crushed Florida this week. In a rivalry game. So I got them number one. Number two, I'm going to go with Michigan. Michigan's been dominant all year. They have the only, the closest game is the Rutgers game, and they won that game 31 to 7. So I'm going Michigan number two. Number three, their best team, I'm going to go Washington. They, they're in the best conference in college football, and, 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 and they, uh, and they be, and, and they're undefeated. So I know, but they, they, I know they have a really rough schedule coming up with three ranked teams with at USC. Utah and at Oregon State. So it's going to get rough for Washington, and then we'll see what they're made of in the next couple of weeks. Then, 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 then I'm going with – I'm going with uh, – to be honest, I'm going, I'm going with Oregon. Oregon was, should have beaten Washington. If it wasn't for some, some bad coaching moves by Dan Lanning, they would have beaten Washington. And then number five, I'm going with Florida State. Ohio State is number one, and to me, they're not even a top five team in the country. Let me tell you the best part of Ohio State sitting at one right now, too. I know you're going to yeah. love this. Yeah. Ohio State runs if Ohio State's undefeated going to Michigan, they lose by a touchdown. Ohio State's in the playoffs. They're not that's ridiculous. That is that's, absolutely ridiculous if they get into the playoff and they lose to Michigan. There is no way they belong in the playoff if they lose to Michigan at all. I don't care how that game goes. Kyle McCord is one of the worst quarterbacks I have ever Ohio State has had in years. In years. So there is no way, no way. Ohio State should get into the playoff. They lose to Michigan. They probably shouldn't the way the eye test looks. But if you look at all their numbers defensively, their yards given off or yards per play given off, yards per play, they that's why they're number one because their resume, the numbers, that's why they're one. Like I agree with you, they are not. I pretty much agree with your top five. 
I I actually have Oregon ahead of Washington. I think I don't like the way Washington played the last couple of weeks. Really? Like, wow. I got Oregon ahead of them. Yeah, so uh, that'd Oregon be interesting Kansas. if they rematch for the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because McCord's not great. They got Marvin Harrison, who's just could do whenever you need him. He'll he'll make a big play for you. But yeah, like if you know, resume wise, in the way they did it, then they're number. Like they should be number one. But the eye test wise, yes, their defense is elite. But yes, Kyle McCord right now is not good, and they probably have another quarterback coming in next year, or they need to use the portal and go grab somebody. Um, so yeah, like. I'm okay with it. Like, I think you could have, like, Michigan, Georgia, you could have fought for. Florida State, Washington, or Florida State, I guess you could have fought a little bit for, but Michigan, or Michigan, Georgia, were there too. Like, I'm okay. Because I think for this, I think it's good for the, re- you know. But, like, now they have to base resume every week. Now I don't want to see next week be based off eye tests. That's my concern. Is you want consistency from everything. the committee. Yes. Which I never get, but. <laughs> I'm gonna ask for it again this year, because you know I'm happy they didn't slot two SEC Texas A&M in uh Kentucky at five and three at twenty four twenty five. I was ready for I was ready for see that coming last night, but um so that's a that's a step in the right direction, but yeah I'm okay, like resume wise I'm okay with Ohio State sitting there at one. I get it. I test if you're telling me I test and absolutely they're not number one, but resume wise. Yes, Michigan State and Georgia have been absolutely destroying everybody. Georgia's kind of getting in that form now, um, especially without Brock Bowers and Michigan. And, you know, I like how they say it doesn't matter. You know, they're not worried about the Michigan sandal. And I don't think – because it's like what what evidence can we tell can tell us this year that, like, they're really using it? Like, even if they're che- – they'd be killing all these teams even if they weren't cheating. Like, you know, so I don't think it's had an effect at all yet this year. Um but I'm okay right now with Ohio State one. But I I get why you're against it, and I totally see why. But resume wise, I'm, and I told you that you know we we're talking Saturday night, like they're gonna probably be one because of the resume. That's yeah, you're why. right about that. You're right about that because they're yeah their wins over Penn State, and Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so I, I, that's that's a big reason why they're sitting there number one. And if you're going by that, they should be. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll we'll definitely see what the committee does next week. It should be very interesting to see what the committee does next mm-hmm. week. But I don't think they're going to. They're really going to. They're going to. They're really going to change anything because the, the, the next the week they'll probably change something is if uh, Georgia blows out Ole Miss. I don't think if they blow out Missouri. They're really going to change anything. If they blow out Ole Miss, then I think they're going to. They're going to. They're they're going to. They're going to flip them. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, next couple of weeks or like if Michigan goes into Penn State and wins by like three scores, and oh, I can yeah. see Michigan leaping. So yeah, like I I think Ohio State because they don't have another big game until they face Michigan. Like I could see them kind of creeping back a little bit these next couple of weeks with Georgia's schedule coming up, and yeah, because they'll have Ole Miss coming up in a couple of weeks there um, at home. But yeah, I, I think right now, oh, you know, I, I so yeah, like, and I think Ohio State. That's kind of why I think Ohio State is going to be there if they lose a one-score game to Michigan. I think that they'll be the four seed in the college football playoff. Wow, we you really there. think that's going to happen? Yeah. I, I, I will be so upset if they get in over like oh. A, a, like a, a one loss, you know, Pac-12 team, team or or even a team, even say like t- Texas or Oklahoma wins the Big 12 and they get in over them, that would be absolutely ridiculous with the how with 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 the way the quarterback play is on that team, with the way with the way the and and and, and they very easily could have lost to Notre Dame. They were they were they were lucky to beat Notre mm-hmm. Dame and then Penn State. They, yes, they beat they beat Penn State, but Penn State's at seven and one. They're not that good. Penn State's yeah. had a very easy schedule. They're, they're not – Penn State's not that good. They, they, they finally threw the ball down the field last week. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the game because they had to, but Penn State's not yeah. that good. They almost lost to Indiana last week. So, yeah, I am not in agreement with Ohio State being number one. No, and I get it. Yeah, the eye test, no. Like, they should not, you know. And I think, too, they've been really banged up and they're starting to get a little bit healthier. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, I totally understand it. Like, yeah, this is right now – I test wise, they are absolutely not the best team at the moment. Yeah, they probably should have lost that Notre Dame game. They had a Notre Dame had eleven guys on the field, and that Penn State game again. If that holding call is not on, uh, yeah. Yeah, Penn State that, that scoop and score. Yeah, that that's a totally you different game. There. So exactly, yeah. So yeah, so I, I'm with you. Like right now, they're probably not the best on the I test wise, but they're sitting there now, and you know that's the thing. The thing is too, I don't think Oklahoma and Texas are both going to be. I, I think both of them are going to lose. I feel more yeah, confident about Oklahoma losing out than Texas. Because, because yeah, Texas they have big games. Be careful. They have big games yeah. this week, too. 
They do. They they do. Yeah. So they better. Uh, so that's why I think if those two Big Twelve teams kind of lose, that's where Ohio State kind of comes fits in there. I could see them getting in maybe over undefeated Florida State. I I don't know if that will happen, but I can. I will. See I will it. be so upset if they get in over an undefeated Florida State, who's a really good team. I know they play in a bad could, conference. But that's a real. That's a team on opening night that blew that, that in the second half destroyed LSU. Yeah, who's a, who's a good team you know, too. Yeah, yeah. No, they are. And I, again, I think Florida State should be in if that's the case. Who has but... one of the best receivers in the country? Oh yeah, and they got a really yeah. good quarterback too. Yeah. Better quarterback, Travis, Travis, that, that, much better quarterback than what Ohio State has. Yeah, absolutely. And Travis's been banged up too, and he's still going out there playing pretty well. So yeah, like because the thing Florida State is, man, the way the ACC's kind of blown up the last couple of weeks, it is not in their favor right now. So that's no. that's where I were. Where they're they're going to get like a co- you know, Louisville's still sitting there at thirteen, but you know they're it's not a great team. They they've had a really easy schedule, and they got lucky to play Notre Dame when they did. So. I, I, you know, I wouldn't agree with Ohio State Seeks in there, but like, yeah, and the Pac-12 carnage, you know, Ohio State's sitting right, really, really pretty right now. Like, if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to be loving the spot you're in right now. Oh, of course, with the quarterback you have, absolutely. So now we are we are going to go uh, go to the slate of games this week, and we got a rematch of last year. LSU beat Bama, ruined their college football, ruined their uh, ruined their. If they didn't win that game at Bama's, Bama's playing Georgia. In that uh, in that semifinal, and no, they're playing Georgia in the definitely playing Georgia in the SEC title game last year. So a huge game in the SEC West to me. Winner of this game because Ole Miss plays Georgia next week. The winner of this game pretty much controls their own destiny in the S- in the SEC West. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to go with the home team here. I think Bama gets revenge. I think they run the ball well. I think Milroy doesn't make mistakes, and I do think this Bama defense forces Jaden Daniels to make a mistake, and that's why I'm taking Bama. To win this game, I got Bama winning this twenty-eight to twenty-four. But Justin, can LSU beat Bama for the second year in a row? I don't think they will. I got Bama on this one, thirty-eight to thirty-four. Um, Jaden Daniels will be the first quarterback since uh, Drew Brees did it back in nineteen ninety-nine and two thousand that beat Nick Saban consecutive years in the regular season. So that's when Nick was still at Michigan State and uh, Drew Brees was up at uh, Purdue. So I, I think the revenge angle here. Jalen Milrow, I think, you know, he's completing like 60% of his passes, 20 yards long, um, 20 yards down the field or, or more. He's been really good in that area. And LSU secondary is very banged up right now. Um, it does not sound good. And I, I think Jalen Milrow will be able to expose that. And LSU's right tackle, Emory Jones, I think he's already ruled out. And you're going to have to start a rookie right tackle in Tuscaloosa on a Saturday night, which I think is going to be a tough assignment there. And with Daniels, too. I worry because, man, the way he does not protect himself in the open field on the run. Like, I could see an Alabama guy just coming and clocking him, and then you got a great Ness Meyer. It's not bad, but, you know, like Daniels, Daniels has been very lucky at times this year to get up after a couple of his hits. Um, but then finally, too, like, I think LSU, like, everybody's gotten pressure on Alabama. I think this is kind of the game where Harold Perkins and Glasgow Weeks been playing better, but he hasn't had that breakout game yet this year like we saw at the end of last year. I think I think Saturday night could be that game for him, but Tuscaloosa Saturday night, Bryant Denny Stadium. I think after both teams off the bye here, I just I think the revenge angle at home. I got to take Bama to knock off LSU. We got a pack Big Twelve Pack Twelve matchup in LA, and USC survived last week against Cal. Uh, Washington survived survived against uh, Stanford. I think this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be back a typical USC game, back and forth, both teams scoring, but in the end. I'm going to take the better team, the more well-rounded team, and I'm going to go with the Huskies here. I got Washington winning 42-38, to 38, but Justin, can USC keep their very, very slim playoff hopes alive? No, I got the Huskies, 48-42. to 42. I'm surprised you're picking against your boy Lincoln this week. I know, I know, I know. He's, he's, he's let me down too much this year. Oh, yeah, they should have lost last week. They yeah, they, yeah, they got yeah. so lucky last week. Yeah, um. Yeah. I am worried about Washington. They are very banged up, on, especially defensively. Kellen DeBoer before the year is kind of saying his one concern is depth defensively. And obviously you're going up against a guy like Caleb Williams where that that is an issue. But USC's defense is not much better. And I think Penix is banged up too. Like he hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. I think, you know, you saw him that Oregon game. He took a couple of big shots and he got up kind of gingerly. So, you know, but I think this is a game where it comes down to whoever's got the ball last. And again, Washington's a team that's knocking out physical you. 
Like this will be in USC's advantage, but I can't take Lincoln Riley. Even, you know, even USC being at home, Washington's kind of last two weeks, you know, maybe a wake up call for Washington that, Hey, we got to kind of get back on track here. And I think Washington is a little bit better defensively, not much, but I think just enough where they do knock off the Trojans this weekend. Big game of the big 12 Kansas state travels to Austin to face Texas. And uh, I, th- I think this is a close competitive game. We don't know if Quinn yours is going to play. But I think this. I think the difference in this game is going to be the skill guys, Brooks and Worthy at Texas have. I think they win a close one over Will Howard and Kansas State. Even though Kansas State is playing better, I think they win a close one over Will Howard and at Kansas State. But Justin, can Kansas State keep their hopes of winning the Pac-12? To win, can Kansas can Kansas State keep their hopes of winning back-to-back Pac-12 titles alive? And can they end Texas this season? I don't think so. I got the Longhorns 34 to 27. I think this is such a huge game for Steve Sarkeesian to win. You go to Alabama, you actually knock them off, and now you lose two games in the Big Twelve. Like, yeah, that'd yeah. be a very disappointing season. Yeah, yeah. I, you know that it it'd be bad. I know your starting quarterback's out, but you got to beat this Kansas State team, who's not very good in the secondary. Malik Murphy was not great, but he's a dual threat guy. And Texas kind of they didn't show, and they didn't let him leave the pocket at all. Like, they were very vanilla with their offense last week. I didn't like him. He threw a couple balls off balance, off his back foot. Like he wasn't great. I think this week they're going to be more innovative with him. And for Kansas State, Will Howard's been the quarterback mostly, but they've been bringing in this this kind of wildcat guy, Avery Johnson, who's a top 100 recruit last year, um, local kid. Colin Klein's the OC there, and this guy. And if you remember Colin Klein, he was an he oh, was I remember great, him. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like great runner. You know, they've been putting some good packages in there for, you know, Avery Johnson, such a great runner. I could see that, but problem is Texas is, is so good up front where they've been able, they've been good stopping the run. And I think in this one, Texas just has a little bit more talent and they kind of expose Kansas State secondary. That's the weakest part of their defense. Got an SEC matchup in Oxford as AM plays Ole Miss. And the game stays in it early, but I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to keep up with uh, Ole Miss with Junkins and Dart. I got Ole Miss winning this game going into the Georgia game as a top-10 team. I got Ole Miss winning 31-20. to But, Justin, can Jimbo end Ole Miss's playoff hopes? I could see it because Lane Kiffin, you know, is already scripting plays for Georgia next week, knowing Lane. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's already on yeah. his mind. Yeah. And that's what worries me in this game. A&M, yeah. they're not – haven't been great. Jimbo, it sounds like they got the money to buy out Jimbo. It's just, do they want to pull the trigger or not? So we'll we'll, we'll see. If you're an AM fan, I think probably someone will want to lose this game and hope big. But I am going to take Ole Miss, even though I'm not confident in it. I think Jackson Dart plays well. I think Ole Miss gets the ground game going well enough in this one. Um, and I, I think A&M, Steve, or Ole Miss defense gets after, um, um, after Johnson, you know, A&M starting quarterback in this one. And I just don't think A&M's offense – We'll, as you mentioned, we'll be able to keep up in this one. Um, I got the Rebels in this one, 34 to uh, 27. We got an, another SEC matchup. We got Missouri taking on Georgia, and I think Georgia wins this game by three touchdowns. Missouri's had a really good year, but I just don't think they're good enough to compete with a team like Georgia. I think Brady Cook throws a couple of interceptions. I think uh, Carson Beck throws a couple of touchdown passes. I think this game's a blowout win for Georgia. I think they win it 38-17. But, Justin, is there any chance Missouri can win this game and take – Total control of the SEC East. Yeah, they almost did last year. They had them on the ropes. And I guess, yeah, I remember I that game the, last year, yeah. Yeah, they, they really could have lost the last kind of few minutes. There. They got they skate Columbia, but I got same score as you, 38-17. This is kind of a sandwich game for Georgia. You just come off the big blow, win against Florida. You got Ole Miss coming next week. But I think the thing is, Kirby's going to have this team's attention like, hey, this is you know, these guys almost had his beat last year. Like, I don't think George is going to let that happen this year. Carson Beck played really well last week. Um, they spread the ball around, and one of the guys that had a big day was Dominic Lovett. The former Missouri Tiger, I think he could have a big game against his former former teammates because Missouri's secondary isn't great. I think Beck's going to make some plays. And George's running game starting to get it going a little bit. I think they'll have success in this one. And Brady Cook in this offense, they've been really good, but they really have not faced a secondary like Georgia has. Luthan Burden. Theo Weiss, um, they've been outstanding, but I think Georgia secondary is going to shut them down. I think Cook makes a couple of bad throws in this one. And again, Missouri's their toughest place they've been so far on the road is Kentucky, which good environment, but now you're going down to Georgia Saturday afternoon. 
I just I, I think Missouri's gonna have some issues in this one, and I don't I, I see them struggling to kind of keep holding this one. I got Georgia by three scores as well. We got the Bedlam game in Stillwater this week as Oklahoma faces Oklahoma State. And I think this is going to be a, 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 a competitive game between these two teams. I think it's going to be a close game. But in this game, I'm, 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 going, I'm going with Oklahoma. I'm going with Oklahoma uh, by 10. I think that, I think Oklahoma State stays in early, but I just don't think Oklahoma State has a passing game to keep up with uh, Dylan Brooks and Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma bounces back this week and, and uh, beats Oklahoma State 27-17. But, Justin, can the Cowboys, Oklahoma State Cowboys, hand the Sooners their second straight loss? Yeah, I'm going with the Pokes. I got. Oh, you're going with you're going with Gundy. What would you say? Yep. Ah, uh, yeah, for, yeah. I'm going with Gundy. The Oklahoma's at home. This is it for Bedlam. Mike Gundy's got no desire to play Oklahoma after this. He's gonna have right. that team fired up. He's gonna kind of they're disrespecting us. You know, Brett Yormark, the Big Twelve commissioners would love to see Oak State and Kansas State get wins on Saturday. He would. Oh, love he does to send not us. want to see a Texas Oklahoma, even though I mean. ABC and ESPN want a Texas Oklahoma, a Texas Oklahoma mm. final. Brett, you're Marco. He wants Oklahoma State, Kansas State in that final. Yep. He even said for the year he wants. He's like you know Texas at a Texas Tech event. He was like you know you guys gotta go hold the Big Twelve flag this year. You know you guys gotta go take them down. So yeah, he's not a you know I get I you know so yeah the Omar would love it. Last of all, Bedlam. This should be a fun, high scoring one like it always is. Down in Stillwater, they got the paddles. They're right on top of you. Ali Gordon, um, the last month or so, since kind of taking over the starting running back spot, he's gone over 1,000 yards in his last five games. His last two weeks, he's gone over for at least 250. He's the first player to do that since the, you know, since the great Barry Sanders. Oklahoma, they can't tackle still in the open field. They can't stop the run. They give up explosive run plays. Ali Gordon's going to expose that. Down in Stillwater. Oklahoma State secondary is not great. Like Oklahoma's going to expose them with some deep passes down the field. Um, but again, like Drake Soup is a nice guy, but he should not be your number one. I think Oklahoma State finds a way at home. Last bedlam establishment. I again, I think Oklahoma played the game of the year against Texas, and that's a game where Stark kind of they met. They don't Texas should have won that football game. Like Texas, you know, couple bad possessions in the red zone, and the game management was not good. Like Oklahoma played a game of the year. I thought maybe this team was a little bit, you know, was better than last year. I still think they are a bit better. But I don't think they're at a level right now good enough. And, I, you know, and I think, you know, they almost lost. They should have kind of, you know, SMU held in there with them. Cincinnati did UCF a couple weeks ago. So I'm not loving the Sooner team right now. I got I got the Cowboys in this one. We got Penn State going to College Park to face Maryland. And this is a little bit of a trap game before Michigan. And I do think it's a close game for a half. I do. I think uh, Maryland limits Penn State's big play. I think Maryland, uh, two is a uh, brother stays in it. But I think in the second half, Penn State starts to pull away. They force some turnovers from Tua's brother. Maryland has lost three in a row. Two bad losses, too, to Illinois and Northwestern. So I, I, I think that uh, Penn State will make the Michigan game matter. I got them winning this game 28-17. But, Justin, will Maryland, can, will, will Maryland ruin Penn State's season on, on Saturday? No, I got the Nittany Lions 28-17. Um, Maryland was awful. Mike Lasky, Loxley now as a head coach of Maryland – He's six and twenty-one in the month of October and November. He's wow. So that shows you he doesn't make any adjustments. No, not at all. And you know, I get you're in the East Division, but you can't. Northwestern offensively has not moved the ball like they did last week against Maryland. And Tagovailoa did not play great. Made a couple of bad decisions. He only had one pick, but he likes to. You know, he's not afraid to kind of try to squeeze the ball in there. And I think Penn State's defense is going to play well. Again, I was Indiana has not moved the ball a year, and they hit a couple of big plays, which I was surprised about. And because Indiana going that game only averaged like less than 200 yards passing a game, and they, you know, were able to make some big plays. I think that gets tightened up this week. And Maryland's not great running the football. I think Drew Allen's going to play really well in this one, and I think Penn State's going to be okay, and they should bounce, they should get out of College Park with the victory. All right, well, we will wrap up talking about Virginia Tech and Louisville, kind of a battle for who's going to play. Uh, uh, Florida State in the ACC championship game. Um, if, if Louisville wins, they'll definitely play uh, Florida State in the ACC championship game. I think Louisville wins this, wins it by two touchdowns. They're clearly the better team. Uh, I, I, th- I think Louisville wins this, and I think they're, they're on a collision course to face Florida State in, in the championship game. But, uh, Justin, can Virginia Tech get, to, get into second place in the division, in the ACC? 
No, I don't see it. I got the cards as well, 27 to 13. Um, Brett Pry's done a nice job this year. It's just not a great team still. They're 4-4, four four, but they made the QB switch to go to Kyron Drones, who's been a really good dual threat guy. They'll run a lot of kind of RPO stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's really benefited the offense the last couple weeks. They've had a good balanced attack, but I think the Cardinals defensively are going to shut them down. I think Plummer plays well enough in this one. And, you know, I don't think Louisville's a great team. They benefit off the schedules I mentioned. I don't think Virginia Tech's either. Like, they really haven't played anybody. Like, they got down early 22-0 to Florida State, and the Florida State kind of took their foot off the gas there for a while. So, it's great, and I hope Brett Pride does a good job of getting Virginia Tech back because I love Enter Sandman and, and Lane Stadium, but they're still not there yet. You know, it, it's kind of fluky. I feel like 3-1. They're getting better, but they're not. I, I think Louisville is still a better team than them. All righty. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&A for – with RJ for Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week talking about week 10 of the NFL season, week 11 of the college football season, and we will be doing our UConn basketball preview as they start on Monday night against Northern Arizona. So have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.